You're listening to episode three of the Flourish and Grow to CEO podcast. Are you a lady boss making 50 to 100,000 in your business and you're ready to break through that six-figure barrier? Have you done a great job of creating a nice life as the ultimate gig master, but know your inner CEO is calling you to greater heights? You're in the right place if you want to create and implement solid fundamentals in your business without sacrificing fun. I'm Pam Ivey. I'm certified in small business management, and I concentrate in the areas of training and certifying real estate assistants coaching and mentoring entrepreneurs in online business, marketing, growth, and profit acceleration. And I take men and women business owners aged 40 plus to bucket list destinations around the world for a month at a time to work, explore, and live in community. And I'm Jane Gary, known as the sales strategist for the non-sales person. And I work with business owners who want to increase their conversion rate, shorten their sales cycle, and have more impact and influence with the work they do all while having more fun with selling. Hey, welcome back everyone to Flourish and Grow to CEO. We're really glad that you've joined us today for this episode because it's really important. What we're going to talk about really forms the basis of everything we do here at Flourish. We're going to be taking a look at the eight essential business foundations that'll allow you to build a successful and sustainable business that form the basis for you to scale and grow, you know, become a CEO. CEO. Yeah, it's kind of whoop, whoop, CEO. So Pam, I am so excited to talk about this today because this really is it. This was kind of the genesis of you and I creating Flourish and Grow to CEO because what we're really going to talk about is, interestingly enough, something that most other business owners don't talk about that much. And that's about the interaction and the integration of these eight foundational pillars. So a lot of people talk about each one of them or a mix of them, but it's really the interconnectedness that takes you from being a gig master to a CEO. So I can't wait to dive into this. Exactly. The gig master thing. So going from project to project and client to client, instead of really having an overall vision for your company and knowing where you want to go and how you're going to get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I've been 10 years in this industry and I used to do contract sales for some of the big, biggest names actually in the coaching industry. Everybody would know them if I said them. So we're kind of talking like eight, 10 years of strategy sessions for other people sitting in the seat and hearing the same things over and over from prospective clients. And it really amazed me how people would come in and want to invest in a certain thing, usually something that was tactical, without being able to see the bigger picture or without, this is really key, without realizing that they really were not ready for that particular thing or that particular program. And it was so funny to me because I started having these conversations where instead of selling something, I would give them kind of the lay of the land of, listen, you don't need this right now. What you need is you need to figure this out. Let me give this to you on a diagram. It just was so enlightening to them. And that's when I thought, you know what? This is a key problem in this industry is people rush out and they engage or they purchase something 
And it's not that that thing is bad because usually the programs are really good. And it's not that the coach who's selling it is doing them a disservice by wanting them to get involved in it because that's not the case either. The problem is, is everybody's investing out of order. That's actually a term I just created several years ago when I was having these conversations. So investing out of order. And what that means is you go in and you're like, let me build a Facebook group. But when you're asked to articulate who your ideal client is, you don't really have the language for that. Or it's, mm-hmm. oh, I just brought a program on how to write a book, but you don't have any traction or a following and you're not really even certain who your your ideal client is or how they would come to find you or what your messaging is. So it was so frustrating for them. And it really became a passion of mine to help people understand there's sort of an order to everything, but the interconnectedness is what's really important. So not that I end up selling some programs because some people were absolutely ready for it. And then that's a beautiful thing. But I just really started to think, you know, people need to know and have a better understanding of how to grow their business instead of random tactic here and random tactic there. We've got to look at this as a whole game plan. Well, that's what we tend to do as business owners, especially in the beginning. You know, not even especially in the beginning. I shouldn't really say that. But we just see that something isn't working or we're not getting enough clients. We're not getting enough traction with our marketing. Mm -hmm. So we keep jumping in with different tactics. I'm going to go try Facebook ads. I'm going to do webinars and try to do a launch strategy. I'm going to do this, that, and the other thing. But without looking at the whole picture, all of the different foundational pillars, as we're going to outline in a few minutes, as you talked about, you invest out of order, or you're jumping in and you're not having the ideal conversation with a potential client that you'd actually like to work with. You're kind of just what I call taking a shotgun approach to your marketing in particular. You're just spewing out a message and like a shotgun, they splay out in all different directions. You're just hoping that something catches. You're hoping that somebody hears it that's going to want your services or products. So we have to really start looking at each of the individual pillars before we jump in with those tactics to know how they're going to push us forward to our actual goals. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking, oh no, that's so me. Of course it's you. It's me. It's Pam. It's you, right? Mm -hmm, All of mm -hmm. us. This is what happens. So it's not about I don't want anybody to think you've done it incorrectly or you've screwed it up or, you know, what. none of that is what we're talking about because let's face it, you've got to get up and do something every day when you're a business owner, when you're an entrepreneur, you just, you have to. So big ups and high fives if you've been getting up and pounding it out every day, whether you have a plan or not, your desire is there, you're trying to do something. And probably most of you have actually made a lot of headway with everything. So we're just here to kind of help tighten up the process at this point. So it isn't the rushing from gig to gig to gig from paycheck to paycheck. And it's more of a strategy. And it's more of you walking into the vision and the dream that you have for your business and then therefore your life. So and like you said, Pam, this is completely ongoing. We're not sitting here going, Oh, we've totally mastered this. We get up every day and we look at our foundational pillars and they go in it. No, we're not saying any of that at all. We're we're reviewing the foundational pillars because we know that the interaction and the interconnectedness is really, really important. 
Yeah, exactly. I know a lot of entrepreneurs, myself included, that would get up and I would think I have a mortgage and I need to put food on the table. Mm -hmm. So what do I have to do today to make money? But I didn't really take a good look at where I wanted to take the business. It was kind of short-sighted at the same point necessary (laughs) to just keep going day to day, right? It is. It's completely necessary completely necessary. And I always think of, you know, those jigsaw puzzles. And I think that's really what we do as business owners. We get up every day and we dump the box out Monday morning and we've got all the pieces there on the table and we just start putting the pieces together. So what if we actually dumped the pieces out on the table and then turned the box lid over and said, here's the final vision. Here's the picture. This is what I'm trying to put together with the pieces. Now let me do the border first. Okay, now let me focus over here where there are blues or the ocean or versus the sky or whatever. There's the box top there in front and it's a guide so that you really have some kind of plan and there's a little bit of order to things rather than just a mad scramble to put the pieces together. There she goes using her superpower again with analogies. (laughs) I just love it. I think that really paints a picture. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. We're just here to metaphor superpower. We're here to give you the box top so that if it were a race, let's say, not that it is, but the person next to you dumps it out and goes berserk trying to put the pieces together and you dump yours out and we go, here's the box top. This is what you're aiming for. Then there you go. Yours is probably going to come together without as much effort. Exactly. Well, you know, where we really, really start with our foundational pillars is between our ears. Yeah, (laughs) It really does all start between our ears. And what you think about on the inside is really what shows up for you on the outside. Mm -hmm. So your mindset is absolutely critical for success. You have to think you can do it, right? Yeah, that is some prime real estate going on there right between the ears. And I I really wish somebody would have pounded this into me when I was starting my business. I've always really, and I know Pam, you too, we're students of self-development. We like that. However, Mm -hmm. there's a difference between the discipline of doing it and doing it on the weekend or when you have a few moments in the evening or something, something that's just a bit more random. And I really wish somebody would have said to me, listen, you need to every day on a schedule, sit down and do self-development work every single day, because that really is the difference between having a successful business and not. It's so not the tactics and the vision and the, I mean, all of that is really important, but without what's going on in your head, being the lighthouse, being the guide, you're just going to be in a whole world of hurt. Uh-huh. The author is unknown, but there's a couple of sentences here that really sums it all up for me. Having an optimistic mindset increases the likelihood of formulating a winning perspective and achieving long-term success. People with a success mindset always seem to figure out how to make things happen despite seemingly impossible odds. And I think that really sums things up. Okay, it does. Yes, 100%. I love that. And I just got that vision of you and I on the beach in Australia trying to figure out, should we tell this story? It's a little embarrassing. I think I'm going to tell it. It's fun. (laughs) So so let me set this up for everybody. So 
<laughs> so Pam and I, you know, we travel together and we stay for a month at a time. That's Pam's company, Adventurous Life. And we were in Sydney. We were based in Sydney, but we took a weekend and we went with a few of the other women. We went up to the Great Barrier Reef and the Outback and it was it was so great. A couple of the women opted to go do this open water kind of dive and Pam and I were, no way, we're not doing that. We want to go sit on the beach and do some snorkeling and have some drinks or whatever. So off Pam and I go, we went, we went to the island and we got to the beach part and <laughs> I said, oh, after all that running around, first of all, Australia is so stinking hot in whenever it is, like a thousand degrees in Australia because we're there in <laughs> November and we're hot, we're sweaty. We've been running around this island all day. We'd had a few passion fruit cocktails and oh. it's just, like, I just want to go sit on the beach and chill out. I just want to relax. So. Pam, you and I walked over to the beach. We sat down. And first of all, there's no sand on those beaches. It's all these shells. So we're crunching, crunching, crunching on these shells. And we're already kind of starting to laugh because the shells are inside our shoes and it's not super silky sand. So we're hot, we're sweaty, we're crunching on these shells. It was like, just This is a lot of work just trying to get to the <laughs> beach just to sit down and chill out and look at the waves. So we finally make it over there. We plop down on the beach. I've got all my snorkeling gear, but Pam, I, I know you're going to remember this. We were fully clothed. We were an appropriate island attire, but we had our clothes on, right? Like the, the undergarments. Not our bathing clothes. suits. Yeah, the whole nine yards. We did not have our bathing suits on. And I just remember looking at you and saying, I really want to snorkel, but I just turned my head and I saw where the bathroom is to change and I don't want to get up and walk all the way over there and all the way back. It's just, I can't even... Crunching on, I mean, it was really hard to walk on all those shelves. <laughs> yeah, and the thought of crunching on those shelves and, and the heat and everything, it just, no. So here's what we did. And this is to your point, Pam, about an optimistic mindset figures out how to make things work. And I'm going to add another bullet point on there for business owners, which is, and you also got to be brave. So there's the combination of figuring out how to make something work when plan A isn't, isn't an option or it's not maybe your best option, or maybe it's just not the option that you want. That would be hauling it back to the bathroom, changing, and then doing another round down to the beach. It just was, no, it was going to take too long. So optimistic mindset to figure out how to make things happen. And then the other thing is being brave enough to take the, the, the road not traveled, right? Plan B, if you're not going to go with plan A. So this, this piece is important because I remember looking at you and saying, I'm so tired and worn out at this point. If I'm not going to go back to the bathroom and change into my bathing suit, I'm not going to be able to snorkel. Maybe I really will be okay with just sitting here on the beach at the Great Barrier Reef in Australia, knowing that I was here without the snorkeling. And then you and I had that moment where we looked at each other and it was kind of like we had a mind melt or something. And it was, why would we do that? We were there. That's really, right. We, we were going to, we needed to just figure out how to make this work. So we had really big towels, big had, beach towels. <laughs> we, had really, we had really big towels and we were also kind of, I think we, we were wearing clothes that obviously were loose fitting because we were at a beach. And so what did we end up doing? We ended, okay, plug your ears. If this is like TMI, it's not going to get graphic or raunchy or anything, but we <laughs> PG version, we just, we shimmied out of our clothes with holding towels for each other and kind of changing underneath our clothes without, you know, not, nobody saw anything. Here's the point that actually took quite a bit of bravery because we're standing in the middle of a beach where everybody else is. And yeah, we did kind of scooch over to some trees or whatever, but people could have seen us. People were milling about. It wasn't private. 
And here we are now shimmying out of our clothes and putting on our bathing suits in the middle of the beach. And yeah, nobody saw anything PG version. That's great. But that was actually a really heroic effort, I think, because just, you know, for two women to stand on the middle of the beach, we're not 18 year old, gorgeous, you know, nubile creatures at this point. So for us to just go, you know what? Speak for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But we're going to put on our bathing suits and we're going to do this thing. And that's what we did. And then, you know, I was able to snorkel. Pam was hanging out on the beach and it was a really lovely moment, but it took a lot of courage to be able to do that. And it took the desire and the tenacity to say, hey, there's an end goal in mind. I am snorkeling on the Great Barrier Reef. I got to figure out how to make this happen. And if despite seemingly impossible odds, yeah, (laughs) despite the odds. And so there you go. That's what we did. And I snorkeled and it was just, it was great. And I went a little bit, but that was enough for me. It was jellyfish season. So what about the jellyfish? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That, that was enough for you. So your goal was to go a little bit and hang out on the beach. And then my goal was to go snorkeling and, you know, high five, Pam, we did it. We did it. We did it. And we have a great story to tell. We have a great story to tell now. So yeah, (laughs) courage to take the plan B, you know, discernment to say, hey, you know what, there is this one option, but it's probably it's not the option I want, or I just want to do things a little more efficiently, which is really what we did. It was an efficiency call. We were being lazy because we were hot, but it was an efficiency call. I just do I don't want to take another 20 minutes to make that run if we could do it. It was an efficiency call. We had to step into the bravery. We had to embrace the moment. And it was all about that end goal. And I remember this very specifically saying to you, I will never be able to live with myself if I get home, I get back to the US and I say, yeah, I was right there. And I chose not to snorkel because I just didn't have my bathing suit on. And I didn't feel like changing because it was too much of an effort. Exactly. Yeah. So inner game, it encompasses so much, but the can-do attitude, it's a success mindset and how I'm going to get there. There's so many things that make up inner game or some other people may say mindset, but we're going to definitely be covering in much more detail in upcoming episodes. But I just want to leave you with one other thing about inner game. Did you know that everyone has a growth mindset and a fixed mindset? So tell more about that. So a growth mindset is the notion that almost anything is possible and anything can be learned. A fixed mindset is a belief that people are born with their special talents and every person has different abilities and intelligence that can't get better with time, persistence, or effort. So you really have to be aware and diligent to shift that fixed mindset toward growth. We all have them. You can choose to tell yourself a different story. For instance, instead of saying, I'm not good at it, tell yourself, I can do it, damn it. Or I want to explore new ideas, or I want to try and I don't want to give up. So that's just something for you to think about until we do deep dive in upcoming episodes is, am I thinking with a growth mindset here? Or am I allowing my fixed mindset to take over? Yeah, that's good. It's really are you open for possibilities? Are you open to opportunities? And are you willing to be able to 
do things, create things a little bit differently. So uh-huh. inner game, that's the first of our foundational pillars. So there are seven more, but this one, without this one, everything else is kind of null and void. You know, some of the things that you've probably heard about are things like limiting beliefs, which comes into play with our growth and fixed mindset. Fear of, of failure is a big one amongst us human beings. And you know, there's a thing such as fear of success too. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I've actually been working towards overcoming. It's really going to be interesting conversations when we get into inner game. Our next foundational pillar is something that we talked about a lot at the beginning of our show here is vision and strategy. And there's a big difference between vision and strategy, right, Jane? Uh, Yeah, a lot of people get this a little twisted. So the vision is a goal. It's Mm -hmm. it's really what you see yourself. It's the house that you want to live in. It's the life that you want to have. It's the partner that you want in your life. So the vision is ultimately where you're trying to go. But that's not the same as a strategy. The strategy actually tells you how you and your company is going to achieve the vision. And without that distinction, it gets a little muddled and then therefore trying to put it, put things into place can become a little challenging. Right. So the strategy is the plan. And then, as we talked about again, was tactics. So the tactics are how the plan will be executed and the vision is the end result. Right. The vision is always first in hierarchical order. So it's the vision, then the strategy supports the vision, the tactics support the strategy. So the tactics support the strategy, the strategy supports the vision, and the vision is what you're ultimately trying to achieve. That is the end result. Exactly. So the vision tells the company's purpose by focusing on the future and what the organization exists to achieve. Why have you started your company? What do you hope to achieve with it? Is it to pass it along to your children? Is it to create that multi-million dollar enterprise? Is it to create a comfortable living that supports the lifestyle that you really desire for yourself? Without those core beliefs or the values which is always part of the vision, you're going to struggle because you're going to start focusing on external factors or the business climate or the world climate or, again, tactics. And just you're going to start looking at the pieces of everything rather than the whole. So your strategy should include short and long-term goals, and it should explain how you're going to arrive at those goals. So it's focused on present actions and outcomes needed to achieve your goal move closer to achieving your mission, right? Mm -hmm. Company strategies evolve and they're updated over time to adjust for current factors like local economic conditions and company needs. So I hope you understand the difference between the vision, the strategy, the tactics. It's the goals, it's the plan or the roadmap, if you will, how you're going to get to that vision and the tactics support the strategy, putting into play that plan. Yep. Awesome. That's it. The next pillar is branding and messaging. <laughs> yeah, here we go. The, exactly. <laughs> up, everyone. So we'll just do an overview, but yeah, we're really, really going to get into some stuff in future podcast episodes on this. Yeah, absolutely. And I know right now when I mention ideal client, 
client avatar, the person you want to work with, I can visually in my head see a whole bunch of eyes rolling. I've done that. Mm -hmm. I know that. Nine times out of 10 business owners that I speak with and work with do not have a clear, achievable, maybe achievable isn't the right idea, but a really clear idea or solid idea of who their ideal client is. Then just the pile on is, if that's the case, then clear messaging really becomes almost impossible to create. And without the messaging, your brand is going to falter. What you're trying to get across, that's also not going to happen too. So the branding and messaging, that really solidifies who you are, what you do, and most importantly, what would happen for people as a result of working with you. And it takes a lot of work. And Pam, I think the other thing when you were talking about most business owners feel, oh, no, I got that dialed in. And I I would agree. Most business owners say, I got that dialed in. And most business owners range from not at all to almost quite there. But it's Uh an evolutionary process. So dialed in January of this year, I think we can all agree by April of this year, 2020. No, all bets are off. So evolutionaries is one of the key things that I always think of when it comes to messaging. Really good point. And in upcoming episodes, of course, because we're just doing an overview now, we've got some questions to ask you to really, really, as you say, Jane, dial in on your ideal client. Because once you have that nailed, your messaging will be created to speak directly to that person, that avatar. So your messaging will be bang on. And I'm telling you, you're going to really resonate with so many of your quote unquote dream clients. Mm -hmm. Next is marketing. I mean, that is so big and it's so much pain for so many entrepreneurs. Am I right, Jane? (laughs) Did I just hear marketing? Oh, look at the time. I gotta go. (laughs) Marketing. You know, the ultimate goal of marketing, Jane, is to create sales conversations for you to have as the sales strategist. Yeah, it's really just a client generation plan. So when you can market with love, I know that sounds a little hokey, but when you really do market with love, when you figure out where's the intersection of what you love to do, and I don't mean the work, I mean how you love to market, let me be more specific. When you find the intersection of, hey, this is how I actually like to reach out and engage with people. And the cross there is they also happen to be there and would love to hear from you. Marketing can turn from, oh, this is the thing I got to do again, to, hey, you know, that this is not that bad, to, well, this is actually a lot of fun because now I'm engaging and I'm interacting with my ideal clients. My clients. It's all about building relationships. Mm-hmm. But I like to work on the ADAS theory. So A-I-D-A-S, that means attract. So we have to attract people have them get to know who we are and what we offer. We have to interest them. We have to create a desire. We have to turn those desires into actions or people buying from us. (laughs) And then we can't stop there. We have to provide a satisfying relationship after the purchase. So that's A-I-D-A-S. Yeah. We'll take everybody through that in a much deeper way in the future here. But for an overview, absolutely, we've got to do that. Yeah. So I just want you all to keep in mind that the ultimate goal is to create relationships. And those relationships lead to sales conversations. 
And that's our next pillar, right? Is sales. Sales! Can I get a drum roll, please? (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to get on my soapbox here because, you know, I love how much I love sales and selling. So I'm I'm just going to say this. I'm going to give you a big platitude, then I'm going to do a little quick overview of what we're talking about here at sales. So this is my personal belief. Selling is actually a very noble profession because it's serving people at the highest level possible. Selling is a noble profession because it is serving people at the very highest level. And when you can get that into your mind and you really believe it and you embrace it, your whole business will change. So what is what is selling? Selling is just about discovering your prospects' needs, asking them the right questions and actively listening, then creating a joint plan where you're helping them achieve their needs better, faster, more cost-effective, more efficiently than anyone else could help them do. That's really all it is. And I'll just end that piece of selling by saying to me, and I teach this all the time to my clients, a sales conversation should be every bit as fun, as interesting, and as enjoyable as coffee talk with your BFF. If you can do that and you start having those kind of conversations, you need to facilitate and navigate. But if you can have that kind of conversation with facilitation and navigation, you're golden and you will never not, I'm using double negative here, you will never not look forward to a sales conversation again. They're just flat out fun. I totally agree. (laughs) I love sales myself. I never, ever thought in a million years, if you asked me 20 years ago, I would say that, but It's talking to people, getting to know them, um, and suggesting what would really provide a transformation for them. Mm -hmm. If I provide it, awesome. If not, I'll refer you to somebody who will. But I I always love the sales conversation. Yeah, they are pretty magical. Our next pillar is leadership. And leadership is really important. Of course, leadership, you immediately think of a team and leading a team, and that's very important. The goal in leading a team is to inspire others to really produce at their highest level possible. But it's also to set and achieve challenging goals. It's to take fast and decisive action when it's needed, and to inspire others to perform at the highest level they can, as I said, with team, which is the next pillar. Can't take this journey alone. Some journeys you can take alone. Some journeys are fun to take alone, but in a business, no, you are not, you're not going to want to do it on your own. So team, you can't be good at everything and you can't do everything all at one time. So in order for your business to grow, you are going to require a team. When you can hand off activities that don't light you up or even worse, suck the life out of you, when you can outsource the things that you're just not very good at doing, it will give you much more room to focus and concentrate on what you do best. And that's what we're really talking about with this concept of flourish and moving into a CEO. A CEO is looking at revenue producing activities for the entire company how to best serve the needs of others while making a profit doing it and helping and serving others with profitability. Those are not mutually exclusive. In fact, when you are able to combine those, then you've got a real business. You've got impact, you've got influence, and you've got income coming in. Well said. (laughs) But you know, with team, I think we talked about this in the last episode, but 
honestly, Jane and I would not have this podcast without saying, okay, we're going to take on a team that will help us edit, produce, syndicate, all that, because it would have taken us forever to research how all of this stuff has to happen with the podcasting host and how to syndicate it and all that stuff. We would have started it, but maybe six months from now, not now. Yeah, we were stalling out. You know, we had reached a point where we said, okay, we can do this part going forward. We can teach on the topics. We can do this type of setup. But as far as the rest of it, no, we're, we're officially now in over our heads or we can learn it, but then we're going to be in over our heads with time. We're just going to run out of time. So team. So we hired people. Exactly. So it kind of expedites things for you in your business, but it also really helps you push forward. And I think that's the important point because something else we talked about in the last episode is I'm a huge researcher. I love to learn and I will get mired in that for months, like literally months before taking action. So I think team is really, really important. Our final pillar drum roll, please, is operations. And this is where I know a lot of entrepreneurs, again, we're going to have those eye rolls because we're talking the fun stuff like administration, finances, systems and processes. But, you know, this is everything that happens within your company that really keeps it running and making money. Yeah, operations definitely isn't the sexy part of the business unless you're really, really into it. But most business owners, not so much really, really into it because we like being out on the front lines and the front of the stage and doing what we do out there. However, without the back end and the operations really humming, it's going to be really challenging to keep a business sustainable and it's Mm -hmm. nearly impossible to grow it. So you really want to make sure that you've got something in place and people in place for the operations. It's you in the beginning. You're probably going to have to be your own operations manager for a little bit. But one of the first investments you should make is support and making sure that you have help with keeping everything behind the curtains running. Exactly. So when you have, you know, really strong operations, it forms a really strong backbone for your business or ha, a foundation for your business. It really, really allows you to think and run your business like a CEO instead of a solopreneur or a gig master. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's that support structure underneath because as business owners, it it goes back to what we were saying earlier, Pam, you you get up and you go, I got to pay the mortgage. I got to put food on the table. I've got financial obligations that have to be met. So you get up, you go sit down at your desk and bang, you just start doing whatever it is that you're doing. But the operations is really the support structure. And when that is in in place, when that is in place, it allows you to do what you're doing with a vision and with a strategy that's supporting all of that so that you're able to plan and budget and know what's coming up. So what we'd really like you to do is to take some time to consider the eight pillars that we spoke about. That's inner game, vision and strategy, branding and messaging marketing, sales, leadership, team, and operations. Set aside some time regularly over the next week or two to really take a look at where you are currently with each of the pillars that we mentioned. And then for the upcoming year, how about you create a plan of attack, even if it's just a little bit of time at a time, to put your house in order, to build that strong foundation 
to grow your business. There you have it. That was great, Pam. Great overview. So we'll be taking a deeper dive into each one of these foundational pillars as we move forward. But for right now, just grab a piece of paper, write down the eight foundational pillars, and just start thinking about where are you in regards relating to each one of these? Where are you really when it comes to inner game? What do you have when it comes to your branding and your your marketing message? How do you feel about sales? How do you feel? What have you done about operations? So take a good look at each one of those pillars and do an honest assessment of this is where I am. And I'm realizing, hey, maybe this is where I need to be. Sounds great. And actually, we'll add the list of the eight foundational pillars in our show notes. So head over to flourish.biz forward slash show notes. Well, that's a wrap, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week on the Flourish and Grow to CEO podcast. Be sure to visit our website at flourish.biz. That's F-L-O-U-R-I-S-H dot biz, where you can subscribe to the shows in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss an episode. You can also find our show notes and resources there too. And while you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd love for you to leave a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would sure help us out too. Now, get out there and flourish.